0: And it really got started with one young Mongolian girl that was converted. And when she was converted, her uncle was just beating her, who she lived with, profusely. And through the Holy Spirit, she just stood up to him one night and she said, you should know when you lay a hand on me, you lay a hand on a child of the living God. Never touch me again. And he didn't. And the church just exploded. Um, Anyway, YWAM is such a wonderful ministry, men and women, just giving their life to missions, and also a great place for people to meet and get married, like our own Joe and Susie Sugg. (laughs) I'm sure they'd love to tell you that story after the worship service. Okay, Isaiah 26. Just a touch of background. Uh, Judah, if you remember, Judah and Israel are broken, northern and southern tribes at this point. Judah, the southern tribe of Israel, where David's family is still on the throne, is going through and has been a very dark and rebellious season. And God speaks judgment to them through his prophet Isaiah and through some of the other prophets. But at the same time, he also speaks deliverance and hope to them. And the heart of this deliverance and hope is through the work of the Messiah, the Savior, that's going to come so he tells us, a Messiah king from David's family is going to come and deliver them. Isaiah 9 and 11. God's salvation that will come will be imperishable. It will never fade away. Isaiah 51, 6. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Chapter 66 in various places. Death will be annihilated like Caleb talks about last time. 25, 7. The dead will be raised which we're talking about today, 26, 19. And the redeemed will have an eternal joy in the Messiah's kingdom, 66, 24. And so let's just read where we are today, and we're going to start at verse 8 and read down to verse 19. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Scriptures this morning. In the path of your judgment, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of the upright or uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. O Lord, you will ordain peace for us. You have done for us all our works. O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. They are dead. They will not live. They are shades. They will not arise. To that end, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when when your discipline was upon them. Like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pains when she is near to giving birth. So were we because of you. We were pregnant, we writhed with, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. Your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your due is a due of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Let's pray for our time. Lord, we think about Israel desperate for deliverance, and what a testimony that we have here. Or that they at one point tried to deliver themselves with their own labors and ability, and they were like uh, a pregnant woman who delivers nothing but wind. Nothing happened. They, their, their conclusion was nothing, Father. And yet, at the same time, when their hearts and their minds and their wills are surrendered to you, God, there was great joy and peace that came about. Father, we want to be a people in our most desperate times, a personal struggle, or desperate times at work or as a church, to be a people who sit like Isaiah describes here and wait with a deep eagerness pouring out our souls. Lord, help us not to be a people who take our future into our own hands, Lord, but trust deeply in your own will. And lastly, God, we rejoice in the hope of the resurrection and we praise you that Christ is the first fruits of that. God, bless the preaching of your word right now. Grow us in Christ-likeness and in an intimate knowledge of him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, are, are there things or people in your life that you feel desperate at this point to be delivered from, to be removed? In the 1970s, there were two young Americans who wanted to go on a spiritual journey, and so they went to Europe, and they went to Switzerland, and they met up at Brie, which is where Francis and Edith Schaeffer were, and they had a Accumulated some of the best Christian minds in the world to come together. A place where young people could ask their questions and learn more about the gospel. And so these two became believers. And they sat at the feet of Edith and Francis every night. Asking their questions. Amazing times of worship. All these brothers and sisters coming to work together and learn together. You can imagine it. It was theologically romantic. Romantic. And they fell in love. They walked together. They talked together. And Francis Schaeffer married them. A week later, they said that they were on the beaches of France. And they looked at each other and they said, What have we done? (laughs) The, The romantic scene had been left in the past. And they realized that they were married even though they barely knew each other. Two young believers. Now fast forward several years, and he is pastoring a church, a young church plant at that with all the struggles that go with that. They have several children in their home. There's pressure there. And as their home life begins to deteriorate, she feels, how can I go to church every week And listen to this man teach all these great things that he professes to be true from the Scriptures. And at home, all I see is hypocrisy. He's a hypocrite. And I have to pretend that everything is great. Now, I can imagine that she felt a level of desperation, didn't she? To be delivered from a situation That was very hard and very challenging. My friends, what do you feel desperate to be delivered from? Maybe a spouse whose every action irritates you to no end. And the things that you found so cute in the beginning now just rub you wrong and make you angry. Maybe it's your job that you do the same thing day in and day out, day in and day out, but you can't quit because your family is depending upon you and your spouse is used to a certain level of, of living and they refuse to step away from that. Or maybe you're desperate to be delivered from your singleness and you dream day and night about children, so much so that even being around families Causes pain in your heart. So, what are you doing with those desires, those desperations? Well, many seek to be their own deliverer. What do I mean? Often, we become so desperate to be delivered from a situation that we are willing to move outside of God's will to accomplish a deliverance that we feel we must have to be happy. This is Isaiah 26. Judah is being deeply oppressed by the larger nations. And Isaiah describes the nation here as like a pregnant woman who takes their deliverance in their own hands, but she gives birth to nothing but air, nothing but wind even though they've labored again and again and again. Listen, this is always the case. When we become desperate for deliverance, so desperate that we no longer are willing to wait on the Lord. I'm desperate that the air would not blow my pages anymore here. No longer will work under God's will, but seek to accomplish our own deliverance by our own methods. That we may labor and labor, what we often see is our hopes and dreams produce nothing but pain and regret, or as Isaiah says, wind. It's just wind. So here's our main idea today. If you're taking notes, please write this down. When you are desperate for deliverance, yearn day and night for God to ordain peace to you. That's what Isaiah is saying. When you are desperate for deliverance for whatever situation it might be, Don't take matters into your own hands. Yearn with eagerness day and night for God to ordain peace for you in your situation. Now, Isaiah describes the pursuit of deliverance really in three different ways. He talks about them waiting for deliverance, them seeking their own deliverance. And then he kind of finishes with God's ultimate deliverance for us. And so let's start with this idea of point one. Seeking our own deliverance. Seeking our own deliverance. Now, any ladies here had babies, gone through pregnancy? None. There's not one. I'm sorry, I confused you with two hands. One hand. Okay. Wow. It's amazing we have so many children in this church. Imagine you've gone through nine months of pregnancy. You've made all the plans for your baby. You've gone to all your doctor visits. You've painted the room. You've bought the furniture. You've told everybody the name. You've come up with a great name, Willoughby Lucille Milton. Fantastic. And you go to the hospital. You're waiting on little Willoughby Lucille to be born. I hope that's not your child's name. And you labor for 14 hours. And at the end, what you produce is not a baby, but a big bunch of air, wind. Now look at verse 17 and 18 with me in your Bibles. Like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pains when she is near to giving birth, so were we because of you, O Lord. We are pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to winds. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. So Isaiah is saying, like a pregnant woman who has great expectations, goes through so much labor and effort, so Israel has a great expectation to deliver itself from all of its cruel enemies and oppressors. But all their labor, their planning, their negotiation with the other nations, brought about nothing. Like a woman who labors and gives birth to air, he says, to nothing but wind. Well, I think he might be talking about a situation like Isaiah 7, where God sent Isaiah to meet King Ahaz, if you remember the story, outside the city walls at the washers' field. Isaiah says this to the king, If you are not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. The king walks away from trusting in God, makes a deal with Assyria to deliver them from their troubles, and after eating those two smaller countries... Assyria is still hungry, and they turn their appetite on Judah and devour them. Now, he then moves previously from seeking their own deliverance, which produced nothing but wind, to actively waiting on God. Verse 8 and 9, let's read that once more. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. You see those words in the path of your judgments. Isaiah is saying God's people are waiting after your judgments, but not with bitterness and anger, like a child sitting in the rain, but with a very different transformed heart. Look, at, look there again. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you at night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. You see, God's judgment has done its work in their nation. And what you begin to see here is real fruits of brokenness and repentance. They are now waiting on God to deliver them as their king rather than looking to themselves or another nation. To deliver them. And notice this. It's active waiting. You see those words? Yearning. Earnestly seeking. Desiring. My friends, to wait on God for deliverance does not mean being passive. It doesn't mean just doing nothing and saying, Well, we serve a big, big God. He can do whatever He wants. Now I'm going to bed. You see, it's active waiting. Even late into the night, they are earnestly desiring God to work. They are taking hold of Him in prayer. They are remembering who He is and His very character as they cry out to Him. And all that came through discipline and judgment that God poured out upon them. Paul Telick, the highly influential liberal American theologian, was asked late in his life just before he died, Paul, do you pray because he had renounced so much? And he said, no. I don't, I meditate now. I meditate. My friends, when the God of the Bible is removed from our lives, we look for deliverance inside ourselves. In desperate times, our solutions come from our own meditations, rather than crying out night and day with all eagerness to the living God, and the result is always nothing but wind. Now, after saying, we stand in the path of judgment, change, transform, he then pleads the same thing for the nations. Verse 9, look there with me in your Bibles. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. I love this. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. Listen, what happens... If God is absent from judgment and only shows favor and blessings when nations act wickedly. In other words, what if God was just Santa Claus? Well, he says several things. And the reason this is so important. Is because the church today, if we only preach God as Santa Claus, what tickles people's ears, and we remove any wrath or judgment upon sin, and we only give grace and mercy and make God and Jesus to be a big Santa Claus, what happens? He tells us three things. First, they don't learn righteousness. Just like if you never correct or discipline your children, they don't learn what is right. They don't learn the difference between right and wrong. Second, they will continue to lead a corrupt and sinful life even if God gives them the most easy and comfortable life. If they live in a land flowing with milk and honey, the heart of man does not change regardless of the situation that you put him in. Third, Isaiah is saying, if God is only Santa Claus to the nation's they never see His majesty. They will not know there is a God who is king over all things, including their very lives. And he summarizes it, verse 11. Look there with me. O oh Lord, Your hand is lifted up, but they don't see it. It means You are active in the world, but they don't see it. They don't believe it unless they experience judgment and corrections ...for their evil actions. You know, I find that the whole world... ...really is desperate for deliverance, isn't it? From their situation. And the world seeks out deliverance, redemption... ...from from its situation in various ways. What do you mean? Well, think with me. The communist says... ...we're going to deliver our world from its problems... ...by getting rid of the wealthy and the educated... And you had Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge giving the power now to the average man. The socialist says, if we deliver everybody from their wealth and their poverty, placing them on the same level field, it's what we call egalitarianism, then goodness will come forth from man's heart. Capitalism says, no, 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 no. If we deliver people from tyranny and control and giving them real freedom, then they'll do what's right. The atheist says, no, you've got it all wrong, boys. Religion's the problem, creating barriers between men and women. And if we deliver the world from religion, then we can solve the world's problems. And the religious says, no, 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 deliverance comes from controlling people with strict laws, harsh punishments, and fear of a god, an ogre in the sky who might strike them down if they do wrong. Now, on the outside, all these seem very different, don't they? But my friends, what I want you to see is fundamentally they believe the same thing. What Israel believed. Man can deliver himself from his problems when we create the right environment. When we're forced to believe the right things. Given everything that we need, create a level playing field. But with all their efforts, they give birth to wind. Which means that they do not change man's or woman's heart. And Isaiah says it like this In the land of the upright, he still deals corruptly unless he sees the majesty of God. The problem with man is not primarily external, it's internal. It's sin and brokenness in our own hearts. And the good news to us then is God sent a Messiah. A king from the line of David. The very tribe of Judah. To show us the majesty, the righteousness, and the very judgments of the king himself. And my friends, if you are a believer, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you stand in the paths of God's judgment upon your sins. I'll explain that like Isaiah describes. What do you mean, Rusty? We stand in the paths of God's judgment. Well, years ago, there was a group of families. And they were going out west in a wagon train. And as they were heading out west, they began to see billows of smoke come off the Great Plains. And it didn't take them long to realize it was a blaze. It was a fire that was coming towards them. And they were quite... Fearful, you can imagine. They have everything they own in this little wagon. Children, livestock, all their kitchen supplies. And as they became nervous and fearful, there was a man who'd taken that trip before, and he said, quick, everybody, get the oil from your lamps out now. And they all obeyed in their fear, and they got the oil out. And he said, now, pour a line as far as you can go and set it ablaze. And they did, and they watched as it consumed the prairie in that direction. And the man then directed them. He said, get all the wagons and form a circle. Get your livestock and your children and place them in the middle of that circle. And they obeyed. And soon they saw the blaze come closer and closer and closer to them, and it looked like it was about to consume them, and then suddenly it went around them and went on its way. They were saved from the consuming fire because the ground they stood on had already been burned, had already been judged by fire. If you are a Christian, you stand in the paths of God's judgment and you shout hallelujah. It means like that circle Jesus Christ took the fire for our sins forming the only safe ground from what is coming. So now we stand in Christ, who took the judgment for our corruptions, the punishment for our sins, and in Him we stand on the only safe ground, ground that has already been judged for us and fully punished. And because it's been judged, we believe Christ on the cross. There is no more punishment for us. Because Jesus took it already. See, just like Isaiah says, through the judgment, the world will see the king's majesty and righteousness. And through Christ, we have seen God's majesty and his righteousness. We know his hands are lifted up. He is active. He is my deliverer even in the most desperate of times. And instead of taking matters now into my own hands by seeking to fix my own situation outside of His will so often, I trust Him actively and eagerly waiting, working inside of His will while seeking to work in the bounds of His Word and the leading of His Spirit. One last thing. Isaiah gives here the first clear picture of God's ultimate deliverance from the corruption of this world. Verse 19. And let's close with this. Your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your due is the dew of light and the earth will give birth to the dead. Christ will deliver us from our greatest enemy. He's delivered us from God's judgment by taking that judgment fully, completely finished upon the cross. And He also delivers us from death. There will be a bodily resurrection in the new heavens and the new earth. Listen, God created your body and the soul and you are not complete apart from that. Sin and Satan win a great battle. If your resurrection is not physical, catch that. Since he would have to change us into something less than what he originally created you to be, but he will not give over an inch to darkness, will not give over an inch to evil, and therefore there will be a bodily and a soul resurrection. And the ultimate guarantee of that is the resurrection of Christ, he is your first fruit. He is the firstborn from the dead. Philippians 3.20 If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit which dwells in you. God's glory was desperate for deliverance from evil and sin. And He sent a Messiah, His own Son, to completely, finally, fully accomplish the redemption of all things, and we receive it by grace through faith alone. And through the judgment God poured upon Him, we see the glory of God's majesty as a good King and His righteousness. So now we can trust Him, actively waiting on Him, when we feel desperate for deliverance in times in our life. Father, we we praise You right now. And Lord, the same thing that dwelt in Israel, a desire to take matters in our own hands, to trust our own feelings, to pursue happiness outside of God, Lord, those desires dwell in us and they create a desperation for deliverance. And the temptation in us will be to move outside of God's will and His Word and the work of His Spirit rather than eagerly taking hold of You. And I pray for the men and the women in this church when they are in that place, Father, that they would go to their knees and they would take hold of You in the deepest of eagerness seeking you to work in their own lives and in their own situation. And you, God, like you say here in 26.3, those who trust in you, you will bring peace. You will bring amazing peace in their life. God, we praise you as we reflect upon the cross that Jesus Christ is that burnt ground. He took the complete fire of your judgment and brought us into your righteousness. And that shows to us You are a good King and we can trust You with our everyday affairs. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand again and we'll close and respond by singing Sing to the King. You'll find that in your insert in your bulletin. Sing to the King who is coming to reign, glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain, life and salvation,